What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week is Marty McCoy, class of 2016. Marty's going to tell us everything from his time, how he got to Bethany, to what he's doing now. Uh, but without further ado, I'm going to let Marty tell his story. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week, class of 2016, Marty McCoy, uh, football extraordinaire, entrepreneur, uh, Marty, thank you very much for being on the show. Thing that yes, happens sir. Is yes, sir. Sometimes we get, sometimes we get a little glitchy. We've been, we've been having technical problems all day, so I would expect nothing less at this point. Uh, Marty, again, thank you. We're going to do this the way we always do it. Marty's going to tell mm -hmm. us everything about his time at Bethany with football, academics, uh, the environment and community that, he, that, that we were in here. And then we'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll do that that evil test that you have to take to get out of Bethany and what Marty's doing now. You know, as I said, he's an entrepreneur. He's he's involved in a couple different things uh, while still continuing the football aspect of his life. So yes, without further ado, Marty, how did you end up here at Bethany? And for those of you that don't know, Marty did not start here at Bethany. He started at a at Virginia Union. And so we'll start. Let's start there. How did why Virginia Union and then why why the change? Well, the biggest the biggest reason I ended up at Virginia Union was my SAT scores. Okay. You know, I had uh, at the time when I took the SAT, a 1200, which was which was my score, was considered a high score, and I was getting uh, attention from a few a few nice schools. You know, Penn State had sent me some some uh, letters as far as like attending there. Uh, you know, what I'm saying college. It wasn't even a football opportunity, but um, I, I couldn't afford to go there. So I, I just said, forget them, you know. And uh, Virginia Union reached out to me and said, hey, uh, we saw your scores. We like what you, you know what I'm saying, what you did. And we feel like you would be a perfect fit for our school academically. So I said, all right, let's do it. Went there for a semester. Uh, couldn't stay there, honestly, because it was too many distractions between girls, parties, uh, just uh, different opportunities to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. And uh, me being 17 years old when I graduated high school and being away from home for the first time, I was, you know, I'm saying, like a deer in headlight. It was just doing So that semester, uh, a good friend, Bethany, hit me up, Sherman Hodges, ended up at Bethany, and the rest was history. So you come here, uh, that's under the, that's under mm -hmm. coach Weaver. You got recruited by coach waters. Um, mm -hmm. so coach waters brings you in and, and, and we talked about this, uh, before our technical difficulties mm -hmm. about how he wasn't just talking to you though. He recruited almost every guy that was in the group that came with you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I guess I wanted to touch on, so a lot of the Maryland guys, there was groups of schools that had played against each other in Maryland, correct? You were playing, you might've been playing against a guy that, that the year prior, he was across the field from you. Oh, say it again. I think you broke up a little bit. So you, when you came to Bethany, you came to Bethany with, mm. out, of, out of Maryland and there, there's a lot of, there's different groups. You know, you had uh, the uh, PG County and, and Baltimore County and, and so these guys might have been across the field from you a year ago. How did you guys mm -hmm. all kind of assimilate together and and become the unit that you were? Because you had PA guys, you had West Virginia guys, you had Maryland guys all coming together on, on a unit that was fairly successful. 
Yeah. Well, the, the funny thing about that was like, out of all these guys, I'm gonna start with the Maryland guys, like whether you're from PG, Baltimore, all that. Wherever you were from, you you found yourself in a circle with that same city of guys where you came from. So with me coming from Upper Marlboro, Maryland, and being from PG County, all the PG County guys stuck together. All that stuck together. Then you had the Baltimore guys, all those guys stuck together. Cause they they connected whether they went to the same school or whether they went to like rival schools, they all knew their city. Mm. So they became, you know what I'm saying, good friends because of where they were from. So, I mean, like with us forming those cliques amongst each other, you know, we got on the field and we competed against each other. And then once we got to know the other guys, we all started to form friendships, whether it was PG County, Baltimore, cause I mean, Baltimore, PG County, we don't really deal with them anyway. You know, but once we got on the team, like we we had no choice because we yeah. all were on the same team. And then eventually all the Maryland guys we cool, Baltimore, PG, all all us cool. Then you got the PA guys, we became cool with them because they from a different culture. They teaching us uh their dances and different stuff that they like. And you know, it just became one big family. So and then academically, um, well actually let's talk mm. about the the side of football that you didn't real like you're phys- very physical player, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that was your that was your mentality. Is I'm just gonna go balls to the wall and I'm gonna hit you. This is you're gonna know I'm here. Um, well, we like about that was like. Bit. A, um... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, we we talked about uh, before uh, before we started recording. We talked about how the differences between Coach Garvey and Coach Weaver, and where Coach Weaver mm. didn't like that so much, but also grew to respect it, whereas Garvey mm. wanted you in the system to be you. So you yeah. want to elaborate well, on that, but how they were different. Well, like, I, like I, as I mentioned earlier, Weaver had this thing where when I first came in, I, I was uncontrolled. And I was just running around hitting people. He called that a high school Harry, somebody who doesn't really know football, but they understand one thing, which is uh, not really a football player. You're just out there like a crash dummy. And he called it high school Harry. And um, he wanted me, me to be more disciplined. And once I became more disciplined, he wanted to let the dog loose. You know what I'm saying? Like controlled aggression, not just, you know what I'm saying, out there running and running into everybody. Mm-hmm. And he let me, he became comfortable with who I was and he just let me play. And the thing with Garvey, uh, Garvey knew how I was, but he wanted me to be controlled and he wanted me to actually be uh, a part of this, this scheme. Like it was, it was less me, more team, you know what I'm saying? Less me, more team. So like a lot of times I had to scale back on the physicality and do more so what's best for the team. You know, and it, you know what I'm saying. Both both views were pretty much. It just it, it just showed their different coaching styles. And as a player, you can't do nothing but respect it because I mean, if you don't, you're not gonna play. Absolutely. And that's and then what, and the that's other thing that the other thing that came when you got to to college mm-hmm. with that. So you have that physical. Once you learn to be disciplined, the other side of that discipline was the mental side of football. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, cause academically you, you're, you're a smart guy. You've not, you, mm-hmm. you, you know, 
that you're smart. I know you're smart, but on the football field, you, you said before, you know, you, you weren't, X's and O's weren't your thing. Not at all. And uh, I just didn't understand football. And I say the biggest uh, reason for that was because I took a huge break from playing as a child all the way up to high school. Like I went at least, I want to say a good five years without playing football after playing when I was like 10 years old. Mm -hmm. So by the time I get to high school, I'm just, okay, football. You know what I'm saying? I didn't see the coverages. I didn't see the the fronts. You had to understand the difference between a 4-3, 3-4, and so on and so forth. I didn't understand all that. And um, when I got to Bethany, it was more so the same thing. Like I didn't understand my freshman year and it was all being taught to me from the ground up. Mm -hmm. And once I started to understand, by then I was all, I was like a, a junior senior, you know? And um, I think that was my biggest handicap, just not knowing football. So on the academic side, because you obviously you started to put the time in on the football side of the, the mental side, just as important to film, the learning, mm -hmm. how the X's and O's, the different fronts, the stunts, everything that goes into that. But mm -hmm. on the academic side, it was more, you already had that instilled in you of, I got to put the time in, I'm not going to procrastinate. You know, mm -hmm. what made you successful academically? Uh, well, the biggest thing I could contribute to my success in the classroom is just the way I was brought up. You know, my mom didn't allow us to walk in the house with bad grades, you know. Anytime that we had bad grades, we would get something taken away from us. All right, you got a you got a, a F in this class or a D in this class. No more PlayStation. No more Xbox. You know what I'm saying? And those things, as a kid, they make you it make you sharpen up. You know, mm -hmm. it makes you like okay, if I get bad grades, something gonna get taken away from me. And when you get older, like that's not the case. Cause, I mean, you can't get nothing taken away from you, but you realize it's almost the same consequence. Cause if you have bad grades you can't play football. So you know something's going to get taken away. So I knew for a fact I had to have good grades in order to still participate and, and ultimately get money to be playing football, like grant money and, all, and so on and so forth. Absolutely. So I knew I had to, I had to, excuse my friends, bust my ass in order to play football. It had to happen. So, you know, we covered the football. We covered a little bit of football. We're going to come back into football for at, at the end of, at the tail end of this. But so the let's talk about the community, because you said, you you know, the PG County guys stayed with the PG County guys, the Baltimore County guys stayed with the Baltimore guys. Um, you know, what was what was the culture and the community like here in Bethany when you were in school? It was all love. I mean, once everybody realized that we were people who were approachable, you know, what I'm saying we weren't like stuck up guys who you come and talk to and then we we talk to you the wrong way and make you feel bad about yourself. People knew that they could come and talk to us about anything. They can invite us to parties. You know what I'm saying? We would come and eat at our lunch table. We could come and joke on each other. I talk about your shoes, you talk about my shoes and we laugh and it's all love. They knew what it was. So like after, like it was some people we, we did bump heads with, but you know what I'm saying? It wasn't, it wasn't for a long period of time. But, you know, it was all love with us. With the PG County guys, we didn't not like anybody. You know what I'm saying? So that's how it was. It was cool. So, and, and with that, that the Maryland guys starting to come, per, the, the number of Maryland guys starting to come to Bethany really mm. rise with the football program and the basketball program. 
Mm-hmm. Um, a couple other, I mean, there were other, there were other sports that, that, but that change in the culture of the team, like mm-hmm. you started with coach Weaver, uh, and then the next year with coach Garvey in 14, when he took over, that was not a great year statistically, well, not a great year on the schedule with the wins and yeah. losses, mm-hmm. but was a good year for that team to build mm-hmm. kind of what was going to happen the next season which was in 2015, the defense really, really kicked it in. The offense really started to put numbers up. Mm -hmm. Um, You get a bowl game. Uh, Talk about the, you being a part of that, you know, the change of the culture and whatnot and, and uh, what it meant to you. And, and then we'll probably, that'll probably take us into our first break. All right, cool. Well, me being a part of the culture, I want to say first and foremost, I'm happy to be a part of the history of Bethany and everything that's going on with them recruiting Maryland guys and bringing a lot of our guys in because there's a lot of guys in Maryland who don't get the opportunity to play football in college, whether it's D3 or D2, D1, whatever the case may be. You know what I'm saying? But for them coming here, I want to say I appreciate Bethany for that. But being a part of the program, I I, I had a great opportunity to, to... be a rotational guy, I didn't start, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people know that. Be a rotational guy, contribute on special teams, on defense, whenever my number was called. I got out there every time I did, whether I made a bad play or made a good play, I always went 100%, you know? And a lot of the guys who were uh, on that team with me, we all knew anytime you get on that field, it's 100% because it was being taught to us at practice. Like, you can't you can't be on the field just half-stepping or, or BSing, a lot, as a lot of people might say. You got to be out there giving blood, sweat, and tears. And once that was put in our heads, we knew we had to sacrifice for each other because we was a family. We were brothers. And that's what made us closer. And that's what prepared us to that bowl game. Because and for a lot of you guys, that was, a, that was a, a home game. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, Stevenson, it was like it was. I want to say it's not too far from Baltimore. It's probably it probably was in Baltimore, but either way, we was at home. We was in Maryland, mm-hmm. and we knew we had to. We knew we had to represent. You know what I'm saying? We we tried to represent. I mean, we lost the game, but being there, we we brought a lot of energy, and I think a lot of us were uh, overhyped. You know what I'm saying? Got too hype and didn't play our game. We got consumed by the moment. You know. But, you know, it was a great opportunity to have Bethany in a bowl game for the first time and I want to say, what, what was it, like 10 years or something like that? Something I think crazy. it had been longer than that. I think the last time was 1980 when they won the – I think the last time that the team – and I don't believe they went to a bowl game that year. I think they – because mm. they won the conference, they went right into the – I'd have to look that up, but I think they would have gone right into the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, well, just, just being a part of a team that has been in a, in a in a playoff game for the first time in a couple of years. Yeah, I'm happy to say I'm happy to say my name was on that roster. I'm blessed. You know what I'm saying? Well, so that's a good place to stop. First and foremost, before I send it to our sponsor, I want to remind everybody: this is Marty McCoy, class of 2016. I'm Carlos Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. But before I send it to KJ, Marty, you I, I mentioned entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell everybody about your brand? Well, I own a, a clothing brand. It's called Real Gorilla. Real Gorilla represents strength, determination, and drive. And the biggest thing with the brand, like, I just want to take my brand as far as I can. Like, 
have it branch off into uh, gyms, you know what I'm saying? Uh, recovery centers, play like big, big things like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Kids, football teams and stuff like that. I have big dreams for my brand and we have hoodies, uh, sweatpants, hats, access, different accessories, uh, women accessories, women clothes, a lot of different stuff. And we're going to come out with a lot more stuff as the, as the time goes on. So follow the brand on Twitter and Instagram at Real Gorilla. And after you, after you're over at Real Gorilla, stop over to Maple Shades Outdoors on Instagram and YouTube. Give them a follow and a subscribe. Uh, KJ, Karen Dunn. He, uh, we got to get him on merch. So keep pushing him. We got to get him hats and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, Marty, don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. KJ, take it away. So what's going on, everybody? This is Kieran Dunn, founder of Maple Shade Outdoors. You're currently watching Dingo Talk with my man, Carlo. If you're anything like me and you're really enjoying this content, you should like and subscribe his page. While you're on YouTube, you should probably just head over and like and subscribe Maple Shade Outdoors Check out our page, enjoy some videos, some outdoor content. You might as well hop on Instagram, Facebook, follow us, Maple Shade Outdoors. Now that's enough about me. I'm trying to get back and watch the rest of Dingo Talk, so I'll talk to y'all later. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carla Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest is Marty McCoy, class of 2016. Uh, Marty left off. We were talking about um, what the culture at Bethany was like, what it was like being on that on the team that kind of changed some things, put them in a bowl game. Um, now we're going to get to the part that everybody has to do. Uh, comps. So you were somebody that you studied. You studied. You didn't. You weren't a crammer. You weren't somebody that waited. Procrast. You didn't procrastinate. So mm -hmm. comps was, I'm not going to say it was easy, but I'm interested to hear your studying story and how you took comps because of the way that you study. So how was comps for Marty? Well, comps, uh, you know, I said earlier, school was never hard for me. The hardest part about all my years of school was definitely comps. Comps is the, the hardest test I've ever taken in my life. And, um, My bad, my bad. You're good. Uh, like I said, comps was the hardest test I've taken, and with that, it, it covered a lot of a lot of different topics, you know. And the hardest topic for me was just math, you know. After I got out of the math portion of the comp, I know for a fact I failed the whole the entire math portion of the comp. I, I was I was ready to fail because I mean, I I went to it. I was like I don't like the math, you know. So. Doing that, I just focused on everything else, like the English, the um, the other parts around my major, like the kinesiology and so on and so forth. And the studying, like we had a whole week going into the test. I woke up Monday, studied. Now I woke up, ate breakfast, studied, you know, had lunch, come back, study again, then go back to the room. I repeated that same process all week leading up into comp. And it was it was gruesome, you know? Like just waking up studying and, and just knowing that we about to keep doing that for the rest of the week. Mm -hmm. no, you don't want to look forward to that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So by the time it got to take the test, I just, outside of the math, I feel like I, I coasted through. I did the best I could and I ended up passing. 
So you walk out from your orals. Mm -hmm. Talk about the feeling as you walk out. When I walk out, bro, all my friends are there. At the time, my girlfriend, who I, uh, who I was with at Bethany, she was there. Uh, I had a lot of people there. They outside with uh, bottles, you know what I'm saying, popping bottles, doing all types of stuff. I felt like I was a superstar, bro. Like, walking out of there saying I, I finished my comps, I passed, you know what I'm saying, about to leave Bethany on a, a high note. It, it was a great feeling, you know. And um, taking the test like that, that was so gruesome all week, you know what I'm saying, studying and all that. Then coming out at the end, knowing I was finished, it was a great feeling. And I, that's one of the great experiences that if you are a student at Bethany or if you ever were a student at Bethany, you can agree that coming out and finishing those comps and having every all your friends there to greet you and congratulate you is one of the best feelings outside of being an athlete, you know. And I'm, I'm happy I had the opportunity to experience that. So that leads us to... We've walked, we walked out of comps. We're walking across the stage. Those of you who don't know, Marty and I walked across the stage to get, well, not together, but on the same day. Uh, so we finished that Saturday. Everybody leaves Bethany. What's next for Marty? That was a, it was a great time. Before, before we even got to graduation, I want to say the end of my senior season at Bethany, I broke my leg again because I, I did it again. I did it in high school before my senior year, and it happened again at Bethany my senior year. And it's funny because God, I feel like God does things for a reason, and you can't explain it in the time and place that it happens, but further down the line, you can see why it happened. I broke my leg at my surgery. Um, and throughout the whole recovery process, I told myself football isn't over for me because I still got a lot I, I want to prove to myself. I got a lot I want to prove to my family and friends. It's everybody. I want to show everybody I'm a football player. And you know what I'm saying? I, I told myself I'm going to be on somebody's uh, roster next season which was, which would be 2017. Okay. So I graduate college, go home, pick up a, a small little nine to five to get ready to fund my dreams. Cause I know I'm about to take part in workouts, you know, different trials and stuff like that. That's going to cost money. Mm -hmm. So I go work at UPS, small job, you know, uh, I want to say for about a cool six, seven months, uh, the following year, I go play, I go to a workout for the RPFL. And this is a small league owned by an ex-Patriots running back. It's called RPFL and it's based in Detroit and Miami. Mm -hmm. So I go to Miami and play out there. And it was a grind, bro. It was a grind. When I tell you it was a grind, like when you when you chasing your dreams, you're gonna see a lot of opportunities where you're not making a lot of money. And it's necessary in order to get you to that next that next 
passed, you know. Mm-hmm. So while I was out in Miami, I stayed out there for four and a half, five months. The the total amount of money I made out there was a hundred dollars. A hundred dollars in Miami, bro. Woo. Think about it. Think about it. A hundred dollars. That's the only money I made, a hundred dollars. So what I was doing at the time, my mom, she knew I wanted to taste my dream. So she would help me send me a few dollars there. You know what I'm saying? Some nights I was in Miami sleeping in the car, bro. A lot of people don't even know this. Like I'm 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 happy I'm getting this opportunity to tell the story, but I'm sleeping in the car in order to make my dreams come true. Mm-hmm. You know, the first two games, you know what I'm saying? I'm kind of overlooked because we we got guys out there who played in the NFL. I'm playing on a team with ex-NFL safety Robert Sands. I'm playing on a team with a guy who played, who went to a training camp with the Redskins, or well, now the Washington football team. He played fullback with them. Okay. And uh, just a bunch of NFL talent, a bunch of ex-CFL, NFL guys. And by the third game, I start my first game. And that first game I started, bro, I had two interceptions. Two interceptions, just taking advantage of my opportunities. So from after college up until now, it's just been me chasing my dreams, bro. And, like, in between, it's just been me doing small stuff to fund my dreams. And after when Corona hit, it knocked me off path a little bit, but it allowed me to start my real gorilla brand and my business. So, you know, like ever since college, bro, I just been grinding, bro. I'm been, yeah, I've been so, grinding. So you end up in Miami, and mm-hmm. you obviously played pretty well there because then you ended up from Miami is the next stop. The first, it's the first stint in Brazil, mm-hmm. um, where you basically become from what. I can gather. I mean, I don't, I don't, I believe they speak port- Portuguese. Yes, sir. I don't speak Portuguese, Portuguese but mm-hmm. when somebody's on a billboard, I, I don't need to read the billboard to know what the billboard says because I know mm-hmm. the person. Um, so talk about the experience in Brazil your first time and mm-hmm. then your experience in Brazil. You know, you come back for, I think you said one, the first time it was five months and the second time mm-hmm. 10 months. So, mm-hmm. well, uh, kind of backtrack a little bit. After Miami, I went and played a, a, in arena, you know what I'm saying, for the first time. And it was like a few games before the team folded, but that's... that's- degrees almost every day almost every day you know i had to get used to a totally different culture my eating habits change like they their portions of their food are extremely small you know like what we eat here like we eat like big portions of stuff like our burgers at the restaurants are huge Mm -hmm. their burgers are like way smaller their cups of juice at the restaurants are way smaller you know i had to get used to a total culture shock you know what i'm saying and like just playing football in a hundred degree weather, like every game, it put me in a mindset where like if I can play in Brazil, I can play anywhere. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because playing in the cold is not as bad as playing in heat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I much rather play in cold temperatures than playing in extremely hot situations. So, doing a five months in my first time in Brazil was a great experience. Met a lot of different people, met a lot of different contacts. 
come back, work a little bit, go back the second time, I'm away for 10 months. It was hard. It was hard because, you know, 10 months away from home mm-hmm. in, a, in a country you, you, you're not familiar with, you got to get used to not only the team and everybody you're playing with, but you just got to get used to just living there. So I had to pick up the language, learn how to communicate, because a lot of times I might be in situations where I'm not with teammates or anybody who could help translate mm-hmm. uh, what I need to say or what the person is trying to say to me. So picking up the language and getting used to the culture there, was it was definitely different. It was different. So you did the 10 months. Then, mm-hmm. you know, you said that Corona kind of, COVID, mm-hmm. it kind of threw some things off. Mm-hmm. Gave you the opportunity to, one, get your body healthy. Definitely, definitely. You know, recharge the batteries. Mm-hmm. Get work in, and yes, it cre- you you were able to create this brand, mm-hmm. all while signing to play with the. And I want to make sure I get this right. It's the MPL, NGL, and GL, mm-hmm. and you'll be in Indiana. Mm-hmm. When do you, when? So when does all of this start to take place now? Well, our report date is uh, April eighth. You know what I'm saying? So I got I want to say less than a month now. And um, I just like up until that day, I'm just going to be training, you know what I'm saying? Every day, Monday to Saturday, basically, you know what I'm saying? I probably have one day off every week, you know what I'm saying? And the biggest thing with that is it's not just in the gym every day doing uh, body, body grueling lifts and stuff like that. It's smart training, you know what I'm saying? Precise things, you know, different days I'm on the field, different days I'm in the gym, just working on different stuff, making sure I'm as sharp as I can be mentally. And physically, you know, because I mean, playing on a professional level, when you first come in and play, they're going to make sure you're in shape. They're going to give you conditioning tests. Mm-hmm. So just going from playing overseas to having the opportunity to play in America again, I'm blessed because I'm on the path that I want to be to get me to the ultimate goal of playing in the NFL or the CFL. So, you know, what I'm saying I'm just following the path that God has for me, bro. So we've come to this. So I got I got two questions for you. Yes, sir. And you can pick which way you want to answer them. Mm. The first question is why Bethany? Mm-hmm. And the second question is why Division Three? Mm. Well, the reason Bethany came in the picture, because like, like as, I, as I mentioned earlier, Sherman hit me up and he gave me the opportunity to come there. Well, it didn't give me the opportunity. He presented me with the opportunity to come there. And if he didn't, I don't even know where I would end up. I, I probably would have tried to go somewhere local, like a, a community college or something like that, and try to take a different route in order to play football. But the reason Division Three was the option is because coming out of high school, I didn't have any options. I didn't know anything about football, and my high school career wasn't uh, a stellar career, you know what I'm saying, because I didn't know anything about football. I was just playing football to have a jersey. I was a kid, you know? And being a kid, like, who didn't – times are different now, bro. Like, a lot of kids prepare to go to college in ninth grade. Yeah. You know? And, like, when I was in ninth grade, I'm just, okay, Let I got a jersey. I'm a football player. I'm just wearing a jersey to be in school and and have attention from girls. You know what I'm saying? Just different stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If I, if I would have had, like, the opportunities that they were coaches telling us from ninth grade, you got to get your grades together because LSU – Alabama, Michigan, they're going to be knocking down the doors if you if you take care of business. 
it would have been a different story. But you know what I'm saying? Bethany, I'm I can't really say I have any regrets of going to Bethany. It made me to the person I am today, you know. So Bethany came across because it's, it's all I had. Well, Marty, we've come to that point. I want to give you one more opportunity. It's real gorilla. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want you to, I want you to have one more opportunity to say anything you want to say about your brand, where people can get to you. I'm going to put links in below you so that they can be able to go. They'll at least have the, the uh, handles. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, my brand, you could, you could follow the brand from my page. You could go to my page, look in the bio, you'll see real gorilla. Go to the page, follow the page, and you could buy merchandise from realgorilla.com. Website been up for a few months now. You got, you know what I'm saying? We got the page for all the updates on the brand and just become part of a growing family. It's a dynasty. Well, Marty, thank you very much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, I have to send it to Harry Chambers with Jack Hoffman and then Mm -hmm. Harry Chambers will send it to Harry Chambers so that you can see about Chambers general store. Um, but Marty, thank you very much for being on the show. Good luck this year. Keep me posted. I, you know, I'll be, I'll be checking it. I'll be, I'll be hitting, I'll be hitting you up on, uh, on Twitter and whatnot, keeping Mm -hmm. you, you know, we'll be, we'll be watching. Yes, Um, sir. But without further ado, what's Jack's facts this week? Well, you've seen a lot of interesting people coming through Bethany. Tell us about this gentleman. What's the legend of Bethany's Jesus? <laughs> now, yes, I see some shocked faces in the audience. This is a picture Julian, Julian Barclay. Julian Barclay. Yes, they lived on Peace Point. And uh, he... he I don't know. I've heard rumors of him coming to church and up by the and sitting up by the uh, rose window. Up on the up on the balcony up above the, the sanctuary. And with the light behind him, he looked like Jesus that appeared there. And that's I think that was his intent was to look as much like Jesus. Frank, Frank Calabrese's brother was an Alpha Sig and was walking from from Point Breeze to into town via the highway in a snowstorm that he could barely see. And he said that Julian Barkley appeared to him just like this scared the crap out. <laughs> so when you hear about a Jesus has appeared in Bethany, it was probably Julian Barclay. Four, three, two, one. You just watched another exciting episode of Dingo Talk, recorded in the secret lair deep in the hills of Bethany, West Virginia. Let me give a shout out to my man Don over at Maple Shade Outdoor. He got some great, he's got some great stuff going on over there on YouTube and Instagram. Please make sure you check him out. Also, now available as promised, we have the second edition Bethany, West Virginia Mushroom Capital of the World t-shirts and our Chambers General Store. If we don't have it, you don't need it t-shirts. Available in all sizes. So, make sure you stop by the store for a t-shirt. 
breakfast sandwich or sausage biscuit. You want to know by now. You want to know by now.